Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cochilillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also like to thank my contributors to the show, who are executive producer Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Goes of Me, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of Is Not Aliens, Is Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you will find everything there on how you can contribute to this podcast. And now, without further ado, our guest guests for today are Jolene and Jason, and I don't want to mess up the last name. How do you say your last name? Teeny. Teeny? It's Tierney. All right. Tierney. 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 All right. Thank you. And you guys have a book out. On Good arm. And you have a book on Ozark Mountain Publishing called Quest yes, for Transcendence. Um, so I was just. That's right. <laughs> I was just uh, reading, uh, just started reading like the first couple of chapters of it. It's really, really an excellent book. Um, could you tell my audience, um, the process of how you started writing this book is a real interesting story. Just the whole process of it. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'll let Jason start. Okay. So we were using Dolores Cannon's quantum healing hypnosis technique, and we stumbled across some information, sort of like a, a story that we thought was very interesting. And after doing that session, we thought, wow, you know, we, we'd like to explore that a little further. And so um, this story then we thought, look, let's see how many regressions this would take to maybe come up with a more complete version of story and so we began us that each regression we did turned out to be a chapter of the book and so the book now being complete it turns out that it took us 34 regressions over the period of 15 months for this story to be told in a more complete fashion than it was previously so it was a long process. We found ourselves going through. It was coming from a, a space of people that were more consciously awakened to where we find ourselves on earth at the moment. And so just taking on board what we were learning from their perspective, it it helped us evolve over that time frame too. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that. Um, Jason and I were doing, you know, we were doing like uh, spiritual swaps. So he was 
taking me through some past life regressions and um and I was doing some psychic readings for him and uh this this particular story um this particular um story came through and when it did I it just touched me so profoundly I actually put the idea to Jason oh why don't we um play with this and see where it takes us and um, we had no expectations. We were, I mean, obviously we're, we're a bit hopeful that there was a bit more in it than, um, you know, just what we found on the surface. But once we got in there and started doing the particular regressions, we were in awe as to how cleanly one session would end and then the next session would pick up immediately where we left off. And um, to us, that was a, an amazing sign that it was something special that we were dealing with. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, so would this book <laughs> be considered a, a past life regression or would it be considered a channeling? A both, really, um, because in a sense, even though it, we were using Dolores Cannon's past life regression technique, quantum healing hypnosis technique, it was something that I found myself fully embodying. It was like I was feeling every emotion and every um, every detail I could vivid. It felt like I was experiencing it firsthand. And um, as we got more and more into the chapters, into the sessions, we did start questioning whether we were dealing with a past life, whether we were dealing with an entity that was conveying a message to us. And towards the end, that's exactly what we found. We found that we were dealing with um, another, uh, we were tapping into another dimension that was communicating with us quite clearly, which was so exciting. Wow. Um, in the beginning of the book, it mentions that you had what may have been in an encounter with this entity before you even started these sessions. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's right. Like I, I had seen uh, visions of a dragon. So they're the main two characters in the book, um, Orberone the dragon and Melamine the girl. Uh, I had seen a dragon in my vision and I didn't really know why. I'd always had a bit of an affiliation with dragons, just an attraction even as, an, as a child, but I didn't think any more of it. It wasn't really until this book, um, until this experience came to us really that I started understanding the full um, reality that we could tap into other dimensions and other realms as if we were our own. Um, and, and during these sessions, um, what type of uh, information was given to you? So we got a lot of information from the book. Basically, once we had begun the first session, and we knew that um, we were going to continue 
with each chapter, every time we uh, began a new regression, um, we'd find also that after we had channeled, let's just say, that particular regression, we would also get further information afterwards from other sources. And they would also be helping us on our journey through our particular lives and what we were going through at the time and sharing other information that is is of the, the same type, you know, like we're all here on the planet uh, going through our own conscious awakening and it's different for everyone, but the information that we were receiving was very helpful to us. And we're also in the process of transcribing and sharing that information for, for any others who that may help, you know. And so there are a few of those already on the website. And so that um, is a little further information that came out at the same time, a lot of them, as we were doing these sessions for the book. Yeah, so when we were when we were channeling, it distinctly became obvious that they were imparting a really important message, and that was the, and that is the spiritual message and the reality that we are very much spiritual beings and that we are very much multi-dimensional beings. And the book is beautiful in that the messages that are imparted in there are quite clear and simple, simple truths about how we can bring about awakening our own spiritual and multidimensional reality. And as we went further and further through the book, we found ourselves with um, not only beautiful experiences, but also challenges um, that really exercised any um, any information that was being brought forward in that particular chapter, which we found extremely interesting. So as we got further and further, not only were we um, experiencing these amazing other beings that were coming through and giving messages, uh, but we were also experiencing interference dark interference so um we knew then that we had something really special to share with people uh what is the dark interference like, i i i have interviewed um what is his name um uh, recently dr paul motion and and he talks about uh, the, these negative energy negative type of entities um is that what you encountered yeah so um as my um as my psychic abilities were really awakening i did not only see the good and the benevolent beings but i also started seeing the malevolent and so when we were doing our sessions we had to make sure that we were very careful in in doing um, uh, doing exercises before our session to make sure that we were protecting ourselves and our environment to minimise any impact, and um, and also to just be aware that 
when you do start opening those gates, everything comes through. So it was really a good exercise for us to work out how is the best way to protect ourselves and make sure that the message that came through was really clean and pure. That was very important to us because we didn't really want to, well, we, we don't want to, we don't want to impart anything but spiritual truth and spiritual reality that's going to benefit um, humanity. We were we were pretty solid and certain that we wanted to do that, protect it in every way. Um, when you do these channeling sessions, how do you know that you're always going to get in touch with the same entity or that's not somebody else? That's which a good question. Um, well, it basically, it really uh, was, there was a feeling that came with it. So if there was something that was not of a good energy, it really made me feel heavy and um, confused, basically. And also um, a, a sense, like, you know, your gut feeling, your gut feeling's always accurate. So if you sense that something's not quite right, you, you probably aren't quite right. Um, but with, with melamine and alberone, we knew we could trust it because um, when we communicated with them, then other benevolent beings were also willing to communicate with us and also that they weren't pushing an agenda on us. All they wanted to do was impart a message of our truth, of our being. What is their motivation? way that we could recognise mm -hmm. who we were What is their motivation to want us to know the truth about our being? Oh, that's a good question too. Okay, so back then when we channeled the book, we, I mean, we knew the world was a bit messy and, you know, that things weren't quite right. But now as the years have gone past and the, and the truth is clear that we are either moving towards a great awakening or a great reset, um, that we knew this book was helping us facilitate our journey towards a great awakening. Hmm. Um, do, do these entities want us to be successful? Oh, definitely. The benevolent ones that are facilitating our great awakening, absolutely. Yeah, so the information they have shared is certainly uh, beneficial. It's there's a, there are a lot of examples within the book itself that we have taken on and practiced ourselves because there's a lot of you know do-it-yourself spirituality. Let's just say um, within the book itself, and along the way, obviously it took us a long time to complete these sessions. So we did have time to assimilate each chapter and we would be excited about what we'd just learned and we'd find ourselves naturally putting that into place. And then the next chapter would turn up when the time was right. There, there was no way we were able to 
do a session every week, for example, and commit to that and say, right, well, we're going to do a session, just say Friday every week. It, it was completely random. It, when we had assimilated the information mm. and were ready to move forward with the next chapter, it came through. And that could have been the following week, you know. Sometimes it was five weeks later. So yeah. it really did help us learn a lot and then the information they were sharing as well was so productive. It was of such a high quality that just practicing that naturally helped us move forward with our relationship and with our lives. And in the end, at, at the end of the book, you'll see exactly where we're heading and what they had in mind for us in order to help us move through into this great awakening, this, this conscious awakening that humanity finds it going through itself now. That's right. And the more we went for the sessions as well, a more mutual love and a deeper connection actually manifested between um, the people that we were communicating with, the beings that we were communicating with and ourselves. And um, and just feeling that love there was also also gave us uh, the ability of a sense of trust that what we were dealing with was, was um, a message that really was meant and is for the betterment of humanity. In the, in the beginning of the book, when you first start out, um, you're, you're communicating with, uh, I guess what seems like some type of tw a 12-year-old girl and a dragon. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, 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 and how, how does a 12-year-old girl know, become, start communicating with humans? Like, how did that link happen? Like, I, I would sometimes would think, like, maybe it would be like, you know, if I'm dealing with multi-dimensional beings, which I totally believe they exist, um, why would it be such someone who was so young versus, like, an elder? Okay, well, I, I, I can't really answer from her part, but basically the book starts from a girl who's 12 years old till mm -hmm. about 21 so we get to see her conscious evolution and the challenges that she has to face even in a, an, a, an awakened um, multi-dimensional conscious reality she even herself found that there were challenges to the teachings the spiritual teachings that she had naturally grown up with that even though, you know, um, what we perceive as a higher, con you know, a higher vibrational reality, they still, there still are challenges and hardships that you must, you know, personally move through in order to exercise your spirituality and your and your heart conscious awakening 
all these things that facilitate you into coming into a maturity around your spirituality and your conscious awakening. So I think the fact that it resonates with us as human beings that we have been, um, we've had so much hidden from us and our spirituality suppressed so much that we are in effect in an adolescent stage of our spirituality and from her example of showing how she set forward and implemented those truths into her life and exercise exercise them allowed her to grow and to blossom into some into into a spirituality that is solid and her own and so also i'd just like to add to answer your question a a little bit as well um it seemed to us that we weren't really sure why she chose us or why she came to share this information with us we just happened to to stumble across this past life regression technique and this is what came through at the time and it inspired us to continue to seek out this consciousness and like we've already mentioned it it took us a little while to understand where this was coming from whether it was a past life is it a parallel dimension all of these questions were being asked along the way but we weren't sure at all why that information came through at the time but yeah here we are (laughs) all we knew was that it was a beautiful thing we were experiencing yeah wow (laughs) it's interesting the other thing that i noticed too is you channeled this over 15 months in earth time and in her time it was nine years like and I'm wondering, like, 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 I have like, like a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. ideas on that. One yeah. is their time is different than ours, um, which is one. Um, another is that maybe because of the technique that you use, that was part, part channeling, part past life regression, is that maybe somehow you're communicating with the some kind of um, living memory of an entity. It all could be quite possible. And I mean, if I mean, when you look at quantum timelines as well, and the way that the quantum healing hypnosis technique works, you can pull out um, from any, any space in time, whether it, the fall backwards or forwards even which Jason has experienced in his sessions some of his sessions that's something that I don't fully comprehend yet possibly have taken place is we draw upon our memories you know maybe we have um, met Malamine when she was maybe 25 years old and yet she was able to through her um, conscious and spiritual evolution to share 
her particular lifetimes, these life events of hers using um, the regression technique, the way it's um, guided is you ask to go to the most important time in that particular lifetime and then you move forward to another important event and you can move through the important events of a lifetime so that you do not have to relive that lifetime in real time you know so what I find we have done is we have gone back to the important events of her life so that she is able to relay that to Jolene in first person first hand so that she experience it directly for herself and so the first most important event was just setting the scene basically going back to where she was at a little girl and at 12 years old she's explaining some of the most profound spiritual truths that you just cannot believe that he's talking to a 12 year old and so then in the next regression we move to the next most important place which just happened to be a bit further on in her lifetime and then each chapter progresses from there it wasn't long after we um, caught up with her again when she was 15 years old and you know she's going through parts of her lifetime that were important to her then and so on um what were some of the spiritual truths like i know like like she was kind of um relaying some of the information you know that was going on with her like because i got like to the part like where she was trying to overcome shyness and things like that which sounds like a, like almost like a very human type of experience yeah, definitely it was amazing actually in how much um it was a very feeling experience it wasn't just um you know, observing her living a spiritual reality, but the feelings that came with it, the the human relatable feelings of fear and doubt and, you know, all those other ones that make us feel like we doubt ourselves a bit. But when you take them into context, it's like anything in a practice if you, whatever you know, you must put into practice. Otherwise, you're just, you know, you're just talking, aren't you? So if in her, in her realm, you must practice what you know. And in those ways, it was very amazing to understand that they have the same feelings and doubts that we do but their society is supported in such a way that those feelings are validated and uh, are used to actually amplify the spiritual reality that they live in as well. And so we also found that even as a 12-year-old girl, she had already been taught so much from well throughout her childhood yeah yeah so that she was already experiencing those truths and working them out for herself and then that is where we happen to um channel a little that experience where she she is out in the meadow you know and she's questioning just simple things about well how is this flower 
different of different composition to the air that I breathe and to Auburn and to myself. How are we all in these different places at different times in different bodies or different vehicles? And she came to the conclusion that everything comes down to consciousness. Everything has a level of consciousness. And so for her to properly express herself at the moment, she took on this particular being, let's say a human-like being, and Auburn has taken on for this particular lifetime the physical form of a dragon. And, and this is where we all find ourselves experiencing different levels of consciousness in different forms. Hmm. Um, do you think that she learned stuff from us, from talking to you, just like you learned a lot from talking to her? There's no doubt that there was a mutual learning and understanding. And actually, as you get into the um, later chapters in the book, it will reveal quite bluntly <laughs> that um, there was a mutual learning and understanding and also a collaboration of as assisting us in our greater awakening and also allowing them to be able to protect themselves from regressing as a society as well. Mm. So, but they, but they are chapters, uh, information that has come through in the, in the later chapters of the book. And this is where we also um, tapped into the darker interference that we mentioned before. Later on in the book, they, there is um, this dark interference that they find themselves needing to address and obviously here on our planet we've got thousands of years experience with these sorts of things and so maybe that's one of the reasons they have come to us for maybe a few insights of what is about to begin in their world do you think that maybe as our world sort of starts a Accension or you know, a transcend as you call it, transcendence, that their world could possibly be going in reverse, exactly. And so, this is the journey that we found ourselves on when we realized that that was exactly what was going on. They were then looking for a solution so that they didn't have to head down the path that we have found ourselves on and struggling to get out of now. If they could sort of address that early on, they, they may be able to avoid the sort of difficulties we now find ourselves in. Actually, because of Melamine's uh, ability to be able to see, have an insight into our reality through me, she was able to then find solutions as to what can be done on their side to protect themselves from any further interference in their in their reality 
So we found we found a lot of joy in being able to not only be in our immense gratitude for the information and the messages that were imparted to us so that we can share them with our fellow brothers and sisters, but there was also a, a, a mirrored um, experience on their side as well. Wow. So so we're, it's almost like a collaboration going on between dimensions there. Definitely. And that was what really um, just really expanded our imagination into what can be possible is that we we think of ourselves you know as the this little planet with you know our human our our human experiences on this beautiful planet earth and that what we do doesn't really matter much to you know anyone else that we can't have influence or you know assist others in their realities but it turns out that that wasn't the case that we actually uh, do have an effect on and a reverberation around us that reaches well beyond what we could even imagine that's always been one of my theories too on why certain types of beings um, interact with us in a way like it's, like it's like they're trying to prevent us from annihilating the planet and annihilating ourselves. And I've always questioned, you know, like, well, why would they care? And the obvious answer would be, yeah. well, it's going to affect them too. It's going to have a ripple effect. That's right. That, and that's exactly what they were experiencing. They were starting to experience the initial rippling reverberating effects of an interference that was starting to permeate itself in their reality and through melamine's experiences of seeing where we are at right now and our struggles as as a humanity it was able to give her great vision as to where those interferences can lead to and how to intercept it and protect what they have. Hmm. So what type of advice did you offer them? Like, I'm, like for me, if it was me, I had a multidimensional being coming to me for advice on how to save their dimension. I mean, the first two things I would tell them is um, don't use money and stay away from governments. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because there were chapters in the book where I did ask questions like that when Malaman went into town to, you know, buy something. I, I asked her, say, so how does this work? Uh, do you have money? Do you buy things? And she said, oh, um I actually don't know. Um, I've never done that. Uh, someone else takes care of that. I'll have to look into it for you. So they didn't use money. They had some other method of trading that 
she still really later on when I asked again, she still wasn't able to really clarify as we would understand them not having money controlling everyone and everything. And so, you know, they, they had their own methods, I'd say. And yeah. Well, when, I mean, when we went into it, we didn't have any expectations. We tried not to um, have any expectations and we, we were trying to understand why we were receiving this message. It didn't really actually occur to us that we were giving them information. We just thought we were sourcing information strictly from them, that it was a one-way communication. But in fact, as the chapters unfolded and the sessions unfolded, we realised that it really was a mutual mutual interaction. Uh, but uh, still, um, I had no idea that we could teach them something I had no idea, it wasn't until later in the book that she disclosed to us that we were helping them and that just really blew my mind. And also as well, it's the government thing uh, question, but because they have a uh, more, more spiritually developed and assertive they had types of um you know those people who would like to influence and like to take power for themselves but because they were uh, very well progressed spiritually they were easily able to bring those types under control and govern from a more spiritual well, spiritual concepts you know so if, if our planet were to be governed differently, there, there are a lot of things that you could improve on. And they were actually a, a lot further down the road with that. So they were governing in a, in a way that benefited everyone. And that was the whole goal of government. So it's not like they didn't have any, but they had it under control, whereas we don't, you know. Well, their, their, their governance is more, um, well, for starters, it wasn't just up to one planet. There was a few planets involved in their in their council, and their council um, also was coming from a space of heart consciousness rather than power and ego, which is really the crux of anyone who wants to get into a, a leadership position in our reality when people want to do that you normally uh, only succeed because you are one of them, you know, e e ego-based and power-hungry. You're not necessarily doing it. Well, they're not necessarily there for the betterance of humanity. They're there for whatever they can get out of it for themselves, which is the complete opposite of what Melamine and Auburn's reality were all about. Hmm. And they also had the ability to see people's intent, so not just feel the intention, but actually see it on a on a um, energetic level. Wow, 
Um, so what type of advice did they have for us in our current situation? Well, basically was love that, that, that when to love yourself, learn how to love yourself. And then because you love yourself, you are true to yourself. And then you have the capacity to love and be true to others. Sounds and too simple. It does sound too simple. <laughs> and that's why it was, I guess it was important that we started off as her in her adolescence, in her childhood, because we could see that she struggled with the feelings of uncertainty and doubt and, you know, not feeling good enough or um, on par with her fellow peers or anything like that, that she still struggled with those emotions. But in their society, they had all the tools and all the support in order to be able to recognise those emotions and bring them into a more practical and grounded um, way of being in your heart centre. So they had all the teachings. They, You know, their society set up where meditation and um, psychic ability is just the, the normal and also we did find that, you know, we these teachings aren't totally foreign to us. Everyone understands the concept of, you know, you, you treat people how you would like to be treated yourself. Now, that basic concept, if everyone on the planet did that, we would be living in a much better place. So where have we gone wrong? We, we actually need to implement these teachings and they have done. And it's practice. It's a daily mm. practice to them. They don't. They don't ever cease practicing what they're learning. Wow! And they never cease in putting that spirituality as the forefront of of their everyday life. Yes. Whereas, you know, whereas we're more, we well, we've been. Um, brought into a reality where our physical needs are addressed more at the forefront than our spiritual needs. And actually sometimes, if not, you know, often our spiritual needs are kind of mocked. That's true. The, do you think that they ever, like, <clears throat> kind of view us as a lower warlike species? No, there was nothing like that, which really surprised me because it actually through the book, it highlighted to me just how much we put ourselves down as a humanity because when we look, when I could see her, when we could see ourselves through their eyes, um, we were deeply moved by how beautiful and high frequency we really are. 
it's only because of these interferences and the um, disinformation that has been put out about us being lower vibration. We're not at all, not at all. It really is our state of heart and mind and how detached we are from each other that causes us to be in a lower frequency per se. But as far as our reality as a humanity, we are high frequency, multidimensional beings as well. And this is the base now of the conscious awakening. People are now starting to realise that, you know, and this is what is going to propel the great awakening. So, um, and that is the truth of who we are. What is the great awakening? Sure, we've got the, oh, the great awakening is us realising <laughs> as a collective consciousness that we are multidimensional beings and a heart-based um, being as well. It's the awakening of spirituality within each person and more and more people have been looking for answers regarding spirituality over the, you know, the the centuries but within the last decade i have really seen a a lot more people waking up to taking spirituality more seriously like jolene was saying it, it is it is mocked and it has always been mocked and when you look at why that may be and who may want to um gain from people not being aware of the power they actually have within themselves, then you start to find some answers. But then even that isn't enough because once you've realised that, it's like, well, how can I live a better life? How can we all live a better life together? And when people start looking for those answers on a spiritual level, they they realise, you know, that we're not here just to earn money and have a nine to five job and watch TV and do that for a certain number of years, you know, that that is not the purpose of life. And a lot of people looking for that purpose of life, obviously look towards spirituality because that's the only thing really that they don't understand. Everyone understands basically how, how you earn money, but when you've got money, what do you do with it? And, they're starting to be a lot more conscious with how they live their lives now. And it's only because they start asking themselves those difficult questions because they found that materialism is not working for them. I would think that if, if we're going to move down that type of path, that the government and their religions are going to fight it tooth and nail. That's what we're saying. They are. But make no mistake we are in a spiritual warfare and we've been fighting this battle probably for millennia as a humanity and so we do find ourselves now in the midst of this battle um it is seemingly moving forward and benefiting those who are awakening more and more so we do see a lot of people coming forth now and 
And spirituality these days, when you see the number of people who are actually interested in it, you have their spiritual expos, they're, they're, they're packed. They go for days on end, they go, you know, long weekends, and they're, they're all around the country, and you go from one to the other if you need to. And just the information available now compared to 10 years ago, compared to 50 years ago, it's amazing how many people really are waking up to who they really want to be, not who they have been programmed to be. Wow. Um, do you think that any of the religions on earth will sort of bend more towards spirituality? I think what will happen is that people will start to own their spirituality more and more and they will start to realise that that to have a spiritual awakening and to be soul aware you are automatically coming to a direct connection with god with source yourself you don't need an outsider telling you how to express your spirituality you don't need um, a third party to be able to communicate directly with source with god you can do that for yourself. And actually in the book, Melamine has, expresses so many practices in there that we can definitely do quite easily for ourselves that help you to facilitate and strengthen your connection and enliven your own spiritual God reality within and I think that's really where we need to move towards as a humanity because then you know, you, because it's coming from yourself, from within a de direct relationship with God, you know it's authentic and you know what you're receiving is the truth. And religions themselves, they they have got truths within them. They're, there's quite a few that have been hidden or taken away or, you know, there are certain agendas within religion. But when you look for the good in each religion, there, there, is, there is still a lot to work with. So you can live a religious life with religions that are these days and find spirituality within them. But a, a lot of it uh, has been removed and controlled and this is where people are finding that it's it's something that you can follow yourself your connection with source is something that you can find within yourself and like jolene said you don't need someone in the middle who you have to pay to do that for you so what are some of the practices that she uh suggested for us to try um well one that really stands out for me um which i found so incredibly helpful was her practice of um self-love so her teacher nemesol uh gave her an exercise to stand in front of a mirror and she had to say was it 20 things that she liked about herself? Possibly, yeah, yeah, a certain number. A number of things that she had to say uh, about herself that she liked about herself. And, of course, you know, the first 
few were superficial. Um, and the more she started saying that, the more she started looking deeper into herself. And, um, and it was funny because at first she thought it was really dumb and uh, she thought, you know, what a waste of time. But then over time, it started giving her a, an inner strength and resilience that she hadn't had before, a, 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 a solid grounding that she hadn't had before, which was similar to me. And um, through those practices, it was just incredible to start realising the depths of yourself and the gifts you have within yourself and treasuring them. And then when you start treasuring yourself, it's so much easier to start looking at others in in that similar way as well. That was one exercise that really stood out and I thought was, it sounds incredibly simple, but you know, when you start standing in front of the mirror and you've got to do it, it's actually really hard. And so we also found that with those types of techniques and meditation and grounding and getting in touch with yourself, you then also understand another's struggles, you know. It's like mm -hmm. things aren't as easy as as they're made out to be and you can see people go wrong and once you start at looking into that for yourself it does bring a lot more compassion for those around you who find themselves sometimes in a place that's even worse than the, that you you think your own is and once you have accomplished some success and you start leading by example and people can see that people are looking for that and they start asking questions wow how did you do that and when it comes down to something as simple as you know just appreciating the struggles that you're going through and looking for solutions and not just playing the blame game that there is actually a solution that you can find people start listening and find that they can do that, do it themselves and they are also successful. Why do you think it's so hard? Like I know it's, it's easy for me to see the good in other people or in other people to see the good in me, but it's really hard for me to see the good in myself. Mm -hmm. and yes. I and I think that's and true I think with all that's of us, why right? she Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have got a, you know, we have got quite a few belief systems that have been imposed about us, on upon us, about ourselves as human beings, that, you know, we're supposed to be lower frequency, that we're supposed to be, because of our, physica, our physical state, it's corrupted us. But actually, when you find out the truth the truth is that our bodies are a vehicle for us to for our spirit to experience god in a different form that our physical nature actually is a bridge 
for our spirituality to experience God in other ways. And so this is where we are finding that source is always within us. Now, because we have forgotten that, this is where we have the problem of misunder, well, underestimating ourselves. Like we look at other people and we think, wow, they're doing great and what a great life that person has created for themselves. But when you t talk to those people, they have all the same um, concerns. And that does really make me start to think then, okay, well, if, if I'm looking at everyone else thinking they've got it together and why haven't I? And then I actually talk with them and it turns out, no one thinks they've got it together. It's like no one is connected to source. Now, if we reconnect to source and we start at the beginning, then we can appreciate what it is we have within ourselves. And when we realise that source or God is within everyone, then we can become more confident. We can live our lives as we would like to live them without the influence of others because we can then understand that all means nothing that all counts for nothing i am here i am my own being i am to live my life as i want and let's experience that we've been living under too many rules for so long we need to be able to step out and this is where we find ourselves now people are waking up to the freedom that they would love to have that is almost within their grasp and you know we're on the cusp of it we just got to keep going and we got to realize you know the truth of who we really are as a humanity that we are loving beings that we are um deeply spiritual beings but the the way that you know our social structure is built around us suppresses that greatly Hmm. Um, were we like like the the beings that you were speaking with? Are they also physical like us, or are they more of an ethereal? Uh, no, they did have some. Uh, they did have a physical um, structure about them, but they were very much light being as well. They felt lighter. It felt lighter, but there was a physicalness to them as well, but just not as dense as we experience ourselves. They don't feel as dense in their bodies as we do. So I guess it would be comparable to the kind of bodies that we would use for like astral travel? Yeah, yeah. Or similar to that, I would say, but... but um, but yet um, probably in between, uh, uh, somewhere in between. Uh, Definitely of a physical nature mm. because they still had to eat and survive and have um, shelter, same as us, but, you know, just maybe on a, a frequency a bit higher possibly. Mm. Yeah, because they're not bogged down with... Um, struggles like we are they they um they can project their energy out quite further than we do at present are, are we the only other beings that they communicate or do they also communicate with beings on other dimensions other than their own and ours 
I, I'm not really sure. I've never asked the question, but they were definitely, there was definitely a tri, uh, like a triangle of sister planets that they were um, very much interacting with. So it wasn't just their planet. They were, there were at least two other planets that they were um, networked with and um, had members in their council of but I'm not sure if they were communicating with others in the same that way that they were communicating with us, but it's quite possible. Um, are they responsible for some of the UFO phenomena that we see? Not that I would be aware of because they were operating on a different frequency that we wouldn't be able to see if they entered our atmosphere. And so where she was viewing our planet from, she could see through our experiences and predominantly through Jolene because they were communicating. She could see where we were up to, but it wasn't like they had to come here in a spaceship to do it. Like her consciousness could meet up with Jolene's and she was here already. So there wasn't the need for a spaceship, let's say, to, to bring her here. Yeah, it was more telepathic, I would say. But yet again, they did have the, the, the means and the technology to be able to come and go from their sister planets as, as they pleased. Hmm. What planet are they from? I don't know. <laughs> we did try asking questions like that, but we didn't really get any sort of concrete answer or it clarity. It didn't feel like it was another planet. It just felt like another... It felt like another dimension. It could have, it could have, it could even be here. I don't know. That was something that my comprehension hasn't been able to really um, understand yet things are still unfolding with that one hmm. to be honest um, did he mention like how older society is oh it's very ancient uh, when um You'll, you'll see further down in the book, actually, that um, Melamine had to go and source some information regarding this interference that they were experiencing. And she was aware that there was information that she had to go out and seek from eons ago that were able to unlock in, um information that would help them in their present day so when she went searching about what they what their civilization could do regarding the interference she had to go on a big journey and find this coding um, I won't give too much away but she had to find coding that was from eons ago where they had actually experienced the full the full um, ramifications of the interference 
and what they were able to do about it to get their civilization back to their current reality. So I would say that their society was at least hundreds of thousands of years old. Hmm. Um, the entities that are causing the interference, are they something that were that could be negotiated with or did he have to just be destroyed? Yeah, that's a good question too. There, there wasn't so much negotiation. It was an interference that was intent on imposing its will. And so there was no negotiation really. It was it was basically they were coming to take over and it was whether you were prepared to pretend they didn't exist or fight. Wow. So how do you deal with that? Well, then, <laughs> if, if you don't want them taking over, you you got to fight. Really have to fight, and this is this is um, something that we we did experience them having to look into. And she does go into details of how they did fight and how we can fight, and um, and that we have a right to fight. Actually, in their society, she, her teacher is a great warrioress, and she also is in training to be a great warrioress. So, as far as they could see that, the art of war was very much something that was practiced and taught in their society because it was a a tool with the right intentions is a very valid protecting tool and they had kept these teachings over the millennia through their culture their society to help them always retain the ability to always be able to protect themselves in those ways in all of the ways so are we talking but to always watch is this warfare with like actual weapons like physical warfare or is it a type of psychic warfare yes yeah, it was very much a psychic warfare and that it was an energetic warfare and um but they also had the ability <clears throat> to physically be able to protect themselves in war so they were ready for any any kind of battle and so the way that these these beings worked to bring through this energetic warfare into the physical they would then work through people so just say like we're familiar with the term possession and that a, a, an entity may be able to possess someone those were the, the the methods they would be able to employ to impose their will on others and they would only need to infiltrate into you know higher ranking members of society and basically if if you were to succeed then they could influence the whole society just by uh overpowering the one so they did have those sort of tactics and also um melamine did mention it was like even though you you may underestimate the power of energetic warfare oh yeah well you know it's all in your head it's like seeing someone fully armored 
coming at you in the physical. That's how real it was because she could not only live in the physical, she could see into the energetic um, levels of life. And so we don't have that ability here as humans. Not many do. Like it, it's, it's a forgotten art, but it was still very real in her reality. And so seeing these armies coming towards you and, you know, understanding the, the real consequences of what can happen just like in any physical war was, was um, certainly something that had to be um, dealt with. Hmm. Are we dealing with the same? Are, is this one of the things that we share with them is dealing with these same entities? Oh, definitely. Definitely. We're actually um, in the depths of it. And so the psychological and spiritual warfare that we're, the levels that we're experiencing are quite infiltrated. We've been infiltrated in every way. Everything good about us has been corrupted by these forces. And when, when she sees them, it's not just, um, it's not just a confrontation. It's an infiltration of a thought an infiltrate infiltration of an emotion what are my feelings what belongs to me what do i what do i honestly express express from my heart space what are my thoughts and how do they collaborate with you know the heart within so when you start looking at those kinds of things you know i mean all of us have experienced it at least some stage having a thought and going where the hell did that come from that is something that that is something that i don't want to be thinking about you know all those infiltrations that we feel confused about but don't have a pure understanding as to because we think it we think or our intention, certainly, you know? I do know. I always wonder where some of my thoughts come from. Yeah, well, they're not necessarily our own thoughts. And that's why in their society, having the heart awareness of what are my feelings and how, who am I as a person and what are my fundamental ethics and morality when you start asking yourself those questions, then it becomes easier to decipher what are your own thoughts, what are your own intentions, and what are your own feelings, and what are what are the ones that are being infiltrated into us, being imposed upon us through belief systems or mind control or anything like that. Interesting. Um so did they offer any suggestions to us on how to combat these negative entities? Absolutely. There's, um, there's all sorts of little 
exercises and practical measures written throughout the whole book, isn't there, darling? Mm. Is there anything that stands out to you? So she did mention in one chapter that um, she was doing an exercise with Nemesol and that was her uh, warrioress trainer, that she would have these, Nemesol would send these thoughts to her on purpose to try and infiltrate Malamine's own thought processes and try and influence her in a way that Malamine would certainly be uncomfortable with. And so the exercise was that she would have to pick up on those thoughts and determine whether that was something that she was even capable of thinking of. Where did it come from? How do I protect myself against these thoughts? And where would that go? If, if I were to act on these thoughts that have been put in my mind, where would I end up? How would that influence my life? And what would that cause others? What sort of problems would we be facing if if I were to just act on those and we find ourselves you know in in that same position and and that was part of the training we don't we don't have training like that we'd never even thought that that could even be a possibility mind control is something also that you know people don't believe in or they think well that's that's impossible it, it's one of those things it's, something that they trained for, which sort of leads me to believe that, you know, at least they had the understanding that these things are possible. How can we combat them? And let's prepare just in case. Okay. So, so I just want to make sure. Um, so what's going on is we have these dark entities or negative energy entities possessing human bodies using negative thoughts to control them and then those people who are being who are possessed by these entities are using mind control to control the rest of us it almost it's almost like a virus oh yeah definitely uh, that that is actually a good way to explain it and not only that um they don't necessarily have to possess us all they have to do is try and influence our thoughts and make us believe that those thoughts are our own. Because once we take ownership, then it, it automatically changes the way we feel about ourselves, the way we act and the energy that we put out there. So when that, when that happens, it has a reverberating effect. So it always starts as a, it always starts as a, like a small hum, just a subtle thing. And then all of it, you know, and then if it, and then you find yourself in the thick of it when it becomes a real prob problem. And um, Melamine and her society has actually given us great teachings as to how to catch those early and stop them becoming something that 
causes our us to be in a reality that is something that we don't want at all. Wow. It definitely sounds like a mind virus to me. Um, one of the things, though, is most people don't even question their thoughts. I think most people just have a thought and act. They don't even stop and look at it and look yeah. at where it's coming from. That's right. That's right. Because we don't even have – we've had that um, – reflection taken away from us to disarm us to weaken us to weaken our our composition and our connection i mean look at tv look at how tv has influenced our, us as a society and a culture over such a short period of time and desensitized everyone exactly that's right. And, you know, just little images here and there over time um, implements a great influence on how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about each other. Hmm. And, and they're dealing with and, the same situation uh, there in their dimension? Yeah, definitely. Just in a different way. Just in a different way. Wow. It just sounds like they're a little bit more aware than we are. Like they're able to catch these thoughts. That's right. Yeah, they're definitely, um, let's say, a little more spiritually advanced just because they've had longer to uh, integrate those teachings. And they are brought up with that from the day they are born. So they do have the advantage of having lived in what we would seem to think of as an ideal society regarding those spiritual beliefs and the conduct of society where, where people do look out for each other and have everyone's best interests at heart. But they are finding that this influence is going to be bringing them towards a different type of reality and, and they can... They can feel it. They haven't seen it physically. They're seeing it energetically. They know that possibly the physical aspects of that could follow, you know, and so they fortunately have the forewarning through the other energetic levels of their existence that they know it's coming, whereas we, we're here predominantly stuck in the physical because we've forgotten the connection to our other astral bodies and the mental bodies, the intuitional, all of those things, they're sort of so far off in the background for us that we haven't really seen it coming and it's infiltrated. And now we're, we're um, acknowledging there's a problem, whereas mm. they were able to um, see it coming yeah, yeah, we don't even notice it. <laughs> we just yeah. take, go with it and We're run. Unfortunately, <laughs> <good morning. laughs> uh, um, you know, like at the beginning of the episode, you know, I had mentioned like, like you know, like what happens here can ripple out to them. Is it also the same way? Like what happens to them ripples out to us. Yeah. Yeah, like everything is connected. We're all interacting together. And that's why there is there is other evidence, you know, of what we do here on this planet does reverberate further than we think. 
you know. And so this is another explanation why Malamine may have chosen to come and visit our planet. They, they understand that what's reverberated out to them is possibly something that's it's on its way out here. It's looking for a new home. So there's a connection here somewhere where we're still putting together the pieces of how it all fits together. But but definitely everything's connected. Every, everything's interacting. And we found now that we're in touch with conscious being from another dimension for some reason. And the teachings in this book are definitely helping us out here. And from our little bit of insight, they're finding some solutions for themselves as well. It's been great. And I think the main message of the the book really is, is that um, through, through her connecting with us on a telepathic level, and us transcribing it into a book has actually brought it into the physical reality here. And through us sharing that, that message, we can also help others to see the truth of who they are and understand that as a humanity, we are not alone and that we are are loved as well we're not we're not alone and that we do have support out there more than we realize even though we've had our faculties cut off from those sensibilities that would allow us to see that we're not alone and this book has come through into the physical reality to remind us that we are supported and that we are loved and that we can see ourselves in another mind's eye, which is expressed in such a beautifully profound way. Mm. Wow. <laughs> you left me speechless on that one. Um, you know, one of the things that mm -hmm. I, it, I have come across, you know, I, I would say about uh, at least once a week, I, I have an episode that, you know, of somebody who's channeling, you know, multidimensional beings or some type of alien or something like that. And, and it's always the same though. It's like they're always want to help us. So it almost seems to me like there's a whole entire group of beings out there that are just like really concerned. Like they're like, Hey, we got to interact with these earthlings and, and, and help them get their, crap together basically before they mess everything up oh well it's not that um we've messed everything up it's that they're trying to convey to us uh, that we are godlike beings and to remember the truth of who we are because as soon as we wake up and come into that reality then all that drops away, all the interference and enslavement that we've had regarding our spirituality and our energy will all fall away when we start coming into our connected reality around that. 
and we can liberate ourselves through understanding the truth of who we are, which is heartfelt, conscious beings. So how has this experience uh, changed you to both of you personally? Well, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, from right from the beginning, basically, as soon as we started writing this book, we found ourselves naturally questioning what we just received. And we found that the teachings within it were naturally implemented. We just found solutions for the things that we were going through, conscious relating, basically, like a relationship itself, you know, it, it's it's not an easy thing. You've got two people trying to work together to enjoy the best of life together. But there's a level of relating that can really improve the quality of life if you're able to look at things from each other's perspective and relate consciously and be aware of the other person's needs. It's not all about me, you know. You really do actually have to take into consideration what the other person is looking for from the relationship. And then when you break that down into smaller and smaller details, then you really start to understand just how much another person needs so looking at your own needs you think well this is this is what i need out of a relationship you have to remember the other person also has a, a list as well you know <laughs> so being able to accommodate people is is sometimes a bit foreign you know a lot of relationships are lopsided there's it's just uneven so we found that these teachings have really helped us not only on a spiritual level just on a basic normal level you know functioning day to day just being more mindful of other people and that expands then beyond your own relationship you find yourself living at home you find yourself more conscious of other people's needs wherever you go and obviously you spend a lot of time at work so you you're interacting with people differently on a more positive level, trying to help out more than you possibly would have done before. It, it just, you find it permeating every aspect of your life when you really start to um, see how much better life is when all of those people around you are genuinely happy. Wow. I'd say for me, because, sorry. Oh, go ahead. You, you go. <laughs> okay. When when I when we started working with the book, Jason and I were friends, and um, and I have to say that I was uh, I felt I I was definitely in a different space. I, I was lost, angry, and didn't didn't have any purpose really and um 
when this message started coming through, I mean, I had a spiritual basis and I definitely was trying to be more spiritual in my day-to-day life. But over the years, remembering the truth of who I am and and being able to have these wisdoms imparted on me and actually having a sense of a reality that's different from here has given me something to strive for, something to live for, something to a better way of being that's encouraged me to have the life that I really want in my heart and how to achieve it. And I have to say that the book and the experience of it has been quite healing. I'm definitely a better person today than I was when that book started coming through. That's fantastic. And I am truly grateful. That is awesome. Um, Before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you and find your book? So the best way to find us would be on our website. That's www.jandjtierney.com. And Tierney is spelt T-I-E-R-N-E-Y. We have been on various social media, but as we have mentioned before, the information warfare, we've found that um, our Instagram page, for example, has been removed and we've been also the whole of parlor was removed i'd say people are aware of censorship on facebook and a few other platforms is restricts people yeah Yeah, and so So the best place to find us is on our website we have all of our articles our book is on there and that links directly to ozark mountain publishing where you will be able to find it to buy and otherwise if you were to go on ozark mountain publishing's website itself you would have to search for jolene and Mason tierney uh, or the the name of the book a quest of transcendence awesome well i'll post the link to the website in the notes of this episode so my listeners can find you and read your articles and purchase your book Thank you so much. Thank you. Great. And thank you for taking the time to be on my show today. And hang on for one moment while I play the outro. Okay. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists 
was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.